Good afternoon and good night or good morning, wherever you are listening to us from, because we have listeners globally, Georgia. We are internationally known, locally accepted. <laughs> oh my gosh. To quote, to quote a, a, a famous pimp of all people, and I still messed up his quote. Hello, everybody. This is Moya. <laughs> We're already starting off wrong, talking about pimps and all that. I'm Moya with How Betty Davis Saved My Life Classic. Classic lessons. Um, yeah, classic lessons. Uh, life lessons from classic Hollywood, Georgia. What is going on? <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> that, that's okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so today, uh, yes, and I'm Georgia, by the way, her <laughs> co-partner crime, the other leading ladies yes. from uh, <laughs> from your silver screen cinemas. Yes. Um, we're doing Little Murders today from 1971, and boy, is this a doozy. Yes, yes. Uh, I, right before the show, I said, Georgia, I told Georgia, I said, I knew you were either going to hate me for suggesting this one or really dig it. Um, so, like I said, we always come in cold. We don't really talk about um, the movie uh, until we do the podcast. So, Georgia. So, again, guys, it's Little Murders. And, and who's from 1971? Georgia, tell us our cast. What Who we got? Okay, at the top of the bill is Elliot Gould, and many of you may know that he was married to Barbara Streisand. Um, we also have Marsha Rod. We have um, care, uh, some great character actors here. We've got Vincent Gardenia. We've got Elizabeth Wilson, Don Corcus, Dorothy Roberts. Uh, we've got um, Donald Sutherland. Lou Jacoby and Ellen Arkin, who not only acts, but he this is also his, his directorial debut. And um, the uh, uh, based on the stage play of the same name by Jules Pfeiffer, uh, he was better known as a cartoonist. And mm -hmm. he also wrote um, the movie Carnal Knowledge and also Popeye. And some of the people who did this movie also, they ended up reprising their stage roles. And what amazes me about this movie is that it flopped as a play on Broadway, but they decided to make a movie out of it. Yeah. And the movie became a cult hit. It's kind of obscure now, yeah. but it was a big hit when it came. And I love uh, Carnal Knowledge, that, that movie. Georgia, have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Okay, well, okay, well, we got to do that one. Um, I'm gonna reserve my opinion for it, but I it, it was very interesting and has one of uh one of such a Anne Margaret is probably one of the most famous unfamous unfamous famous people so to speak, and she's still with us. Um, but Anne Margaret was in Carnal Knowledge, and um, anyway, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but you know, I, I really like uh Anne Margaret um as an entertainer. But anyway, and you said Popeye, and what else? Yeah, he also wrote the script for Popeye. And what else? It, is, it makes sense because Popeye is a cartoon character and uh -huh. he was a cartoonist. So I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to learn that about him. And and you say, uh, what was the other movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Popeye, this, and Coronal Knowledge. Okay. Yeah. And guys, we're jumping right into it because if you have not seen Little Murders, it's, it's we saw it for free on YouTube, by the way. And yes, she did say Doris Roberts from TV's Everybody Loves Raymond. 
and she's another, you know, you know, she's she's passed on a few years ago. Uh, 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 so a lot of people in here are dead, <laughs> are dead, unfortunately. But really great actors, and like I said, character actors, Alan Arkin and Donald Sutherland, uh, really heavy hitters from the seventies, and 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 really, you know, they just really had long careers. I love Alan Arkin. He actually won his first and only Oscar for uh, Little Miss Sunshine, which is a hilarious movie. Georgia, we got to add that to the list. Um, he was great in that. But um, we're going to jump right into this movie because if you have not seen Little Murders, I don't know how to put it, Georgia. I mean, I, <laughs> either you're going to hate it or love it. There's really no, no in-between. So, so, Georgia, since you hadn't seen it, tell me, let's just get right into it. Okay, well, I think I'll go ahead and talk a little bit about the plot so I can set it up for everybody. Okay, the backdrop is New York City, and yeah, it takes place uh, in the uh, around 1970. It was released in 71. Um, this is a world of pervasive violence. There are muggings, there are snipers. Uh, you've got uh, defective public services, unsolved murders. You've got rusty water pipes. Uh, I've seen phone callers. <laughs> so this is the milieu, as they say, <laughs> of the movie. And um, one of the things that struck me about this movie was that I there's like no sense of community here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no feeling of that. So in this in this New York City setting, we have our star Elliot Gould, and he plays a character named Alfred. And to say he's apathetic is an extreme understatement. <laughs> this man is actually pretty much like a walking zombie. He mm -hmm. he doesn't feel anything. He feel he does, he's just so disconnected from his feelings, from his emotions. He's just just kind of phone, going through life, kind of like a zombie. Yeah, kind of like none of the walking way. I mean, and and, and other people around there are too. Um, they have kind of really shut themselves off so that the violence and all these things, all these things that happen every day don't affect them as mm -hmm. much. And so uh, he has a career as an advertising photographer, but even he's even so alienated from his job that uh, and he's gotten all these awards that he says, well, you know, they give me awards for everything. So I'm going to take pictures of dog poop. <laughs> so yeah, he's taking pictures of Dog poo poo, and then they sell too. He does well at that, and so um, then he meets Patsy, and Patsy is this. She's the exact opposite. She is this free spirited, hopeful, aggressive woman, and she's an interior de decorator. And they have a relationship, and they end up getting married, and. Patsy comes from the perspective is she wants to change him and mold him and wants him to like feel something again. And the story takes off from there. And so will Alfred stop being apathetic? How will these two opposites attract newlyweds do? And so that's the whole movie from there. This is what I would describe. A lot of people say it's, uh, dark comedy or black comedy I don't it's, it's satire certainly mm -hmm. there are some hilarious and funny mo 
moments in this movie, certainly. But it, if you like a movie that has shock effect, this is the movie for you. Because mm-hmm. there are there's a shock factor, or number of many shock factors in this movie. Um, the movie just grabs you and, and it doesn't let you go. Right. I mean, it's just very relentless in the way it's... And everybody in this movie, I would say, is just a little bit nuts. <laughs> They're very quirky. They're quirky people. You know, they all have their little <laughs> eccentricities. Mm-hmm. The families I would describe are kind of ex- eccentric. But this talks, this movie tells us a lot also about um, human and family relationships, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you. That is a perfect jumping off point for for us um how did this movie do at the box office uh it really didn't do all that great all that great it really it didn't i mean it it made some money yeah it did and it was very popular with certain audiences at the time and it was a cult classic when it first but it did then it just dipped into obscurity and so you just i had never heard about this movie and a lot of people i'm sure haven't heard about it either mm-hmm. but it was a it was a hit at the time because it was just so offbeat yeah and yeah, yeah and a lot of people thought this has such a strong message in it yes yeah all i can say is if you don't want to be black pilled as they say even though this is this movie is 51 years old if you want to stay in a happy place psychologically, then don't look at this movie. But like Georgia said, it is satirical. It's it's freaking hilarious. It's so if you like Harold and Maude, then you will love this movie. If you think Harold and Maude was, and when we did Harold and Maude, by the way, to our new listeners, and, and again, shout out to all our listeners all over the the West and the whole world and especially America and the English speaking parts. Um, shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for all your support. Um, yeah, if you don't like those kind of movies, like you don't think um, macabre or morbid things like death and killing, <laughs> um, poor parenting, if you will, if you don't think that stuff is one that you know don't don't look at this. And just like I said, with Har- it's, it's so Harold and Maudish, but that was the zeitgeist at the time because Vietnam uh, was still going on. Uh, it, you know, it was what it had maybe about two or three more years to end Georgia. Um, so you still yeah. have Vietnam. And, and so, you know, America was at a very dark place. And, 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 and it, this movie reflects the war if you will at home between the, the the generations so you had several wars you had the feminist movement you know they had the male versus female battle of the sexes then you had the um the gap the age gap the the uh beatnik generation and the rebelling and stuff so you had all these so the little murders alludes to the murders murders quote-unquote metaphorically metaphorically speaking of people how they go at each other with their words and their actions then in the movie so what i loved about this movie george it has several acts the movie was almost two hours i believe but it has several acts and no scene was boring what, what did you think was were you engaged throughout the whole movie completely riveted to it mm-hmm. every scene yeah you know and and, and um because you know, I looked at this movie from the vantage point that uh, the writer, who was a cartoonist, 
felt that America was having kind of a nervous breakdown because he was inspired <laughs> to write this movie after the assassination of John F. Kennedy Jr., uh, John F. Kennedy, rather, excuse me. And so he wanted to show his disillusionment with the state of the world mm-hmm. and the, and his he was perceiving that there's been a breakdown in social order. And so that's, and to me, what the title Little Murders, I think of like the little things that happen to us all day yeah. long. Yes. The, the put up in our culture, you know, whether it's like you turn on the TV and you hear about, oh, there's been, you know, another murder, another killing, a shooting, and then you have to put up with, you know, things like, oh, we have to shut off our water because the water supply, you know, you can't drink the water. You can't. All these things, all day long, these little minor, these aggravations that build up all day long that just take away or being able to enjoy a good quality of life or being able to interact with people. You have, you know, like rude, like customer service people, you know, and things like, it's just all these, to me, that's why I thought of the move of the title Little Murders is all day long. It's little soul kill kind of (laughs) things that occur throughout the day. Right. Aggravation. You know, people like cutting off in traffic and all these little things that you do, your day to day, because I've always lived in an urban environment mm-hmm. my entire life. You know, I mean, I was born and raised in Los Angeles County. You know, I live in the nation's fourth largest city. And so we have become so accustomed to the to these daily things in our lives that we like, it's, it's like, I'm afraid that we're letting loose of the the gentler emotions that we have are just withering away. Yeah. You know, I mean, people don't the little social like kindnesses and gestures. Yeah, you're not seeing that as much, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think this movie has some very big points to make about uh, our modern culture and you know how we all react. There's a scene in a subway. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give it away, but it's how they react to Elliot Gould. Yes. And it's something so huge that people would, you're supposed to be kind of stunned and shocked by it. One of the many shocks in this movie. And the people there are just like, there's no reaction to them on something that would normally be really huge. No reaction. Right. To any So that's one of the many surprises in this movie, which is full, full yes. of just shocks and surprises yes and and to your point of Elliot Gould on a subway even as 50 something years from now uh, I mean ago it's the same thing because yes we know in New York we all know how New Yorkers are I mean you could people walk down the street naked people do things and uh, and people just look at them because it's freaking New York and as shocking as what happened with Elliot Gould on a subway you know, the apathy. So he was just not apathetic. And like I said, uh, the author was saying the society has become apathetic. And I laugh because, you know, uh, you know, Georgia, you you were around, uh, you were you know, adult around this time. And I, I wasn't yet on the scene. I was coming. I was coming. I was three, coming up. Not far behind it. So, you know, about you know, the Vietnam and all like the stuff I just mentioned, all the events in America that led people. And you really can go far back as the first world war. I think 
the whole world and just specifically America was still recovering from all this warfare and then a change in geopolitical scene. And then you had, and, and shout out to Ligonier Ministries, one of the ministries I love to listen to, R.C. Sproul, Reverend R., Dr. R.C. Sproul. I, he just so happened to be doing that where he, he's no longer with us. He's deceased, but they have uh, re-uploaded his series on philosophy, if great philosophers. So it's talking about Marx and Nietzsche and um, um, uh, Kierkegaard and uh, Sartre and, and all that ilk. And how all of those people from, from Europe, that school of thought, started bleeding into American society. And you see with Elliot Gould, the nihilism, the existentialism that's in this. And was, so if it was dystopian then, because it's really kind of a dystopian type thing, but it still was farcical and over-exaggerated. But here we are, because also in the movie Little Murders, you had actual murder. You had actual people, and I'm not giving anything away, but it's so it's so interesting and crazy at the same time. They were actually just randomly killing people. And what do we have now? So we did not have that back then as, as, as it is now. So... Uh, Pfeiffer, the author, he is almost prophetic in a sense that if we don't start, you know, getting out this sense of, of dystopianism, looks are going to have, so people are just killing people with no regard as if, like hunting, like hunting. And so I don't want to give away too much, but, you know, that image does uh, eventually come up come on the screen so georgia i kept thinking when i was looking at the only word that came to me was truth 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 this is there was i found no falseness even though it was full of satire i'm going to get into some of the, the comedy of it all but i found no i had no fault and i found no falseness in this movie i have to agree with you on that and you know when it was first released Believe it or not, they gave it an R rating mm -hmm. because the depiction of violence and okay. also the, the, in the language, too. Mm -hmm. However, um, they recut the movie in 1973, and for the new release, they rated it PG. Really? Which I can... Yeah, they did. Yeah, so that's a little bit of interesting trivia about the movie. Um, but... Uh, Elliot Gould also, when he bought the film rights to this movie, his oh. intention was to use it as a starring vehicle for himself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but he considered his work on this movie his very best that he's ever done in his career. Oh. Which I thought, wow. Yeah. It, yeah, this is yeah. Because wow. he had done Mash, and you know he had done other things, and he in the seventies was really his time. He was like a really big star in the seventies, six late sixties, seventies. Yeah, and for him to consider this his best, right. and I, I, I surprised me because I associated him with other movies. Yeah. I'd never known about this piece of of film that he'd done. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's kind of funny that he at one point. Uh, he wanted Jane Fonda to play the role of Patsy, but when he met her, he was so intimidated by her that he couldn't even speak. Oh, wow. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. Marsha Rod does a great job. Oh, I love her. Because she's done a lot of TV work as well. Um, she uh, she was a, had a memorable uh, guest appearance on All in the Family. <laughs> and when uh, she said Mike had fathered her, her child, 
And so those, all those of you who are true TV heads remember that episode. And, and she was trying to push a kid on Mike. And he was like, you know, that's not my kid. You know, and, well, I don't want to give it away. Um, but it's like 50 something years. I don't know how long, uh, <laughs> how long something can be a spoiler. But she had a really good uh, guest role on that. So on that note, what did you think? So we already talked about L.A. Goo's character. Let's go through a few of the characters. What did you think about Patsy? I thought Patsy was uh, so fun, but she's so unrealistic because she's, it's like she, Alfred became Patsy's project and mm -hmm. she sees this as love yeah. because she's, so I must care about you so much because I want to mold you. I'm going to help you. I want to yeah. rescue you. And so to her, that's love. And so well, these two, she just kind of says, okay, well, we're going to get married. And it's just like, I just thought that was kind of like, so, you know, cause she'd had all these other boyfriends, but she decides that Alfred is like, is the man she wants to marry. And I thought she is very cute in the way she's just so naive to think that you can actually change a man yeah i mean my grandmother used to say a leopard doesn't change his spots you don't change no mm -hmm. i mean but i thought her optimism i mm -hmm. mean her hopefulness that's in her character she thinks she can actually accomplish this do you and, think the uh, author was, was was that an unfair unfair depiction of because you know this all this is satire and it's also commentary it's metaphor it's sim symbolism do you think because patsy i think was a representation of the dichotomy of strong feminism but also wanting to have traditionalism but have uh but be but try to mutate the traditionalism into feminism do you think that was an unfair portrayal or, 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 or an accurate portrayal of, of modern women or the Western woman at, at that time and now? Oh, well, Maria, I'm going to have to say no. I don't think it was unfair because I've known of a lot of women who go into a marriage thinking that they're going to be able to change somebody. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's totally unrealistic, but I think women still do that mm -hmm. and still be able to do that mm -hmm. and yes i still think that women can still be and this woman was totally a feminist she was empowered yeah. you know and all that and so i thought that's just it's, i have to say it's a dichotomy mm -hmm. yes you feel empowered but on the other hand she still had this naivete thinking that she could change this man mm -hmm. and she still felt in some way superior saying like no i'm I, i'm the strong person and <laughs> and mm -hmm. all this mm -hmm. and uh and she just comes right and says it yeah you know you, you gotta you gotta i'm right you gotta be strong like me and i want you to start having feelings and all these kinds of things so yeah i think it's probably a dichotomy of a modern day woman yeah it's, she wants it all yeah even back in 1971 yeah. yes well you were told by by her name is escaping me right now from the that famous Helen was it helen Gurley brown i believe uh women can have it yeah. all and, you know, years later, a lot of the women who worked on those type of magazines said, we were lying, we were told to say that. But, I mean, duh, no one can have it all. That That's not how life works. Life is full of compromises and negotiations. That's, no one can have it all. I don't care who you are. Um, but I think, uh, I, you know, I... I you know, I, I, I obviously I, I put it out there because that's what, that's what how, I, how I read Patsy. Um, 
and you know i don't want to give away too much but we already said that elliot Gould's character he was apathetic um he had a very like i said dystopian and nihilist and negative view on life he was uh an atheist you know and and, and so to speak and just very bleak um let me ask you this do you think his character loved patsy Oh, that's a question. You know, he, I think at various times questioned that. You can see that in the movie. I think that he maybe grow, I think the relationship evolved and I think there was some, some definitely deep caring about her. Mm -hmm. And he would say, you know, all the time you're a terrific girl and, and I'm thinking that in his own way, mm -hmm. he did. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I think in their, in, in their own sick, self-serving <laughs> ways, they uh, loved, if you... And they kept saying in the movie, whatever love is, whatever love is. And it's so ironic. Prince Charles said that when he was marrying... <laughs> I thought I said, God darn. I said, you know, we kind of sidebar... Princess Diana did not want to marry him. She wanted to call it off because she knew. She knew she was walking into a just a horrific situation. She knew this guy talking about, well, King Charles now. Um, I don't know. Has he, he hasn't been coronated yet. But anyway, as far as I know, I don't know. But anyway, um, King eventually King Charles or King Charles. He pretty she knew about Camilla Parker Bowles, and he pretty much whatever love is, you know, so she should have. Gave him that ring right then and there, and he said that and jetted. But you know, we she didn't interest his history. But Elliot Gould was being honest with Patsy, you know, and I think obviously he feared her, you know, because so let's get off of them for a minute. Let's talk about the rest of the family. Let's talk about the parents. I think uh Elliot Gould's character and Marsha Rye Patsy and um Alfred's they have been so her parents and the actors were fantastic. That's I. They were some of the. That was some of the funniest depictions of parents on screen I've ever seen. Um, her parents had infanticide her, especially the dad, and the yes. conversation between she and the dad in the kitchen when she had invited Alfred over. It was very, very revealing about their relationship and why Patsy, who she was, who she was. But Patsy had hit the wall. You know, we're getting the theme. We just did a, a Life of Rome. She was 27. And she says, the gods, this movie, if you don't want to be black pill, you don't want to face your own personal demons and picadillos, don't look at this movie. Because she said, all the men that I, who, that, who, who I should have married or married now, I should have married them five years ago. And that is the window for women. You, you know, and hate it or like it, it's just how it is. You have between that college time to approaching third is you the clock is ticking home girl because that's just how life is you know as far as as women and getting married because those are your prime years those are and so again if you don't want to deal with that don't then don't deal with it but what did you think about her parents and her brother Yes. <laughs> I thought they are just 
so trying very hard to block out all of the 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 tragedy and violence that they've experienced in their lives yes. because they lost one other man previously. Yes. He was shot by a sniper. His murder was still unsolved. Yes, and so the mother's trying very hard to be this um, Matri great matriarch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect, perfectly said, Moya. Yes, and the and the dad, you know. He's fight, fighting so hard because he believes in institutions yes. and, uh, and and he wants and, and he even is so willing to pay people off because <laughs> he even tells the minister, we'll get more into that later, yeah. like, please, you know, Alfred doesn't want the word God being, you know, because he's an atheist, he doesn't yeah. want the word God used in the ceremony, and so the dad wants to pay the minister off, please, thank you include the deity in the ceremony please <laughs> so i mean the dad is like trying like really hard to mm -hmm. you know to be the you know the the traditional male in the yes. family and all that but he's 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 uh, oh boy he's, he's something else if his name yes. he has a very unfortunate name and you're gonna find out about it please don't call me that yes <laughs> and then you have her younger brother and he is a total mess a mess he's he's he's, he's a total mess a but you mess. got but you got to see it. it's really there's a big reveal in the movie yes. about the younger brother but right. we, we'll let you look about the big reveal later but it's it's pretty funny yeah so it, she's yeah. got a crazy character family mm. they, they're just they're they're in the and the first time they meet alfred it's pretty funny it's uh, hilarious it's, 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 it's very hilarious it's tragic <laughs> It's tragic and hilarious, and I, and I almost feel guilty when I first saw it, like I say, years ago, maybe over twenty years ago. I was my mouth hit the floor. I was like, "What am I looking at?" And I felt bad for laughing, and I still feel bad for laughing because it's not. It's really it shouldn't be funny, but the writing is so spot on and crisp and interesting, and and it, and it's just keep it's just going and going, and the acting is also pitch perfect and it makes you laugh so let's contrast patsy's family to alfred's family what did you think about his parents well you know they try to they consider themselves to be very intellectual and mm -hmm. ultra sophisticated yeah and i thought that his parents they were so disconnected and ineffective and i thought my god these people shouldn't be allowed to raise a hamster <laughs> they were the the worst example of parenting um and and when he has this he, he, these questions that he asks yes. him about i don't want to say too much about right. his childhood and they're both trying to think back to his childhood and what is so one of the most telling and i think brutal scenes in this movie it, yes is that they confess they don't really remember his childhood it was brutal it was really it was brutal. very brutal and i'm thinking like Ah, no wonder why this young man is a zombie. Yes. Yeah. He's been taught <laughs> to he's been taught to not exist. He's been taught to to be invisible. And the opening scene of the movie again is not funny. It shouldn't be funny, but it's freaking hilarious. What happens to <laughs> Alfred and uh, Patsy? What brings them together essentially? <laughs> Is, 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 is Alfred being jumped by a game? <laughs> it's, not, it's not funny. 
But it's so damn, it's, it's hilarious. Like I said, you have to have a dark sense of humor because it, it is so, it is dark. And, 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 and because now, because we know New York is, was always wild. So New, New York is almost like a, a sentinel for what's to come to the rest of the, to the country. Because now it doesn't matter what major urban city you're in, you have little murders going on. Okay. You have the scenarios of the crime. And, uh, let's talk about Alan Arkin's character. The, the, well, I'm getting a lot. Let me get it in order. My Lord, the wedding. That is one of the most fun, the most, it is funny. The funniest sequences, segues into a wedding that I've seen on film. I mean, I don't want to give to it, but soon as, when it's time going to the wedding and when they arrive at the church, Oh my gosh. All I'm going to say, there's li literally a riot coming out of yes. the church. And yes. and keep Donald Sutherland, almost a keeper, <laughs> as the as Minister Dupas, and they made that name on purpose. You know that. What did you think about him? <laughs> well, first of all, he's the minister of the who's ever I mean, the first existential <laughs> church. I mean, really? But I thought he he absolutely stole the movie. He did. he, he yes. He, he he is this it's show-stoppingly, it's gut-bustingly, it's deadpan yes. funny. And there's a lot of There's parallelism. And I, not to cut you off, because um, we're leaving out Luja Colby, the, the minister who they were going to, the judge who they were going to get to marry. Those two juxtapose each other. And the there's a lot of parallelism. Parents, the religious, uh, you know, uh, order. Girl, they, they stole it. It was hilarious. But I'm sorry, you were talking about Donald Sutherland. Uh, to me, that was the most hilarious. I had to, I, it was so hilarious. It I kept playing over. Like, oh my God. Because <laughs> you're wondering, like, what the heck happened in this church? There's a riot. The, the police were there, the, and, and getting people out of the church. So you, so then you, when it's Patsy's and Alfred's wedding, and as a procedure, like, oh, okay, that's what goes on in this church. <laughs> it was but so the funny. Thing is, is, when you're like a pastor, you have a certain, like, when people, you know, tell you confide in you yeah. about their yeah you're supposed to have confidentiality oh that just totally goes out the window right right and, and for the price of 250 dollars you know you may or may not get that that pastor you, it depends on the pastor you're buying off because he he may not have any integrity <laughs> but i guess it was an existential crisis joy this movie no one's safe in this movie Everybody no. is talked about. If you are triggered by certain words or, you know, whatever, again, don't look at this movie. If you need a, a politically correct movie, do not look at this movie. But if you enjoy not politically correct, correct, brutally honest movies, please look at Little Murders. And we're, I know we're getting pressed for time. Um, let's talk about Alan Arkin's uh, character, the police. So, again, no one is safe in this movie. So <laughs> what did you think about Officer Practice? That that was a hilarious name. That was on purpose. What do you think about his his uh performance? I have to say Lieutenant Moya, Practice. That, that was the only performance that I was a little bit disappointed in. He plays it over the top, mm -hmm. yes. I mean, you feel like you're seeing him having kind of like a nervous breakdown yeah. in front of you because you know, he's unsolved murders. Yeah. You know, he's talking He's talking to a family who's experienced two murders in their immediate family. Yes. And and so he just but the but 
I mean, at one point I was like shocked and laughing. I didn't know what to do. Right. There's one yes. and he's holding a glass in front of the window. I'm going, ah, like that. <laughs> and I'm, thinking, I'm laughing, but, I'm, but he's just like, it's like nothing to him. What happens? I'm not going to tell you. But anyway, yeah. I'm going like. <laughs> but that's how what? we are. But that's how we are now. We are desensitized, you know, um. And being a cop, you almost have to be desensitized. But like I said, what happened to him at the window and how he reacted to it, it was, I, I, I kind of understand what you're saying about his performance, but I think, you know, he chose to chew up the scenery like that because, like you said, he was having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Not funny. It shouldn't be funny, but it was hilarious. It shouldn't be, but it, it is. But I think he he just played it a little bit too over the top. Okay. And the thing is, is I've seen him other things, and he is the most amazing, he is. incredible actor. He can yeah. poignancy. He can just bring things out of you, like, yes. and he's just spectacular. So I was very surprised that I saw this. I, I was like, this isn't like his the way that I would have. I mean, it, it was a little bit. That was the only criticism that I really had. I, I can see that. I can say it was funny, but I, I think if he dialed it back just a few hairs or even yeah. underplayed it, you know, but I yeah. think because uh, maybe he couldn't do that because Elliot Gould's uh, Alfred was so apathetic and the family to a certain point, even though they were uh, the dad was very animated and the son was animated, but the mom was, you know, it, they showed her drinking a little sherry, but she acted like she lived on Valium, you know, and she only got, yeah. got, uh, angry quote-unquote uh about the most trivial of things you know but these people all had gone through like you said serious trauma uh alfred had been a, really abused mentally abused as a child you know if you really want to be honest about it um what did you think about the ending it was such a it, it, this is like of all the endings i've ever seen to a movie this has to be the most darkest, twisted, mm -hmm. shocking ending I have ever seen to any movie. That's the best. It was, I felt like this is just deranged in a way, mm -hmm. you know? I, I, and it, it has like such a twisted kind of a feel to it. Yeah. I, I, that they're stunned at the end of the movie. Uh, yes, like I've mentioned before, it's not really for all tastes. It's very impactful. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it was funny and it was frightening. I, I don't know how. It's like a world gone mad. That's the best <laughs> way to describe it. But it was still real because we're living this now. And what I'm asking is, had you seen this in the 70s when it, when it had um, come out, would you thought this, oh, this is wild, outrageous, this is, you know, pure satire, this is too, too much? Oh, I would have thought it was science fiction, but okay. we're living it now. Like you said, it's very prescient. This yes. is what, it was foretold what we're, this is like everyday life for us now. Yes, yes, unfortunately. And when I saw it, with like I said, maybe over 10 years ago, it's hard, but it's in recent history. I would have never dreamed. I'm like you. Oh, I say, oh, this is so far fetched. This is so wild. But in a few short years, here we are. And so, and I so let's play. Um, and because we're gonna get out of here in a little bit, let's play. Uh, Little Murders, two or three 
what would you say, because it's not going to get any better. Obviously, we're looking at the progression of things. It's not going to get any better. You tell me what movie or you can you give me a scenario that you think you say, okay, this is where this is heading. I have a movie in mind, but you tell me what movie you think. And if you have, if it's on a spot, I'll just give mine. But what what would be the prediction? What's the the next piece of Little Murders? And, and is there a movie you could cite? Mad Max. <laughs> Me too. Yes. <laughs> the original. The original Mad Max, because that yes. was so. And even you had a, other Max. images of this, of this topianism, but that one was so. Re unfortunately realistic george i said the same thing so the, the original one with, with um with uh mel, mel gibson the original yes. mad max and then i didn't see fury road um and i thought of the sequel to mad max you know but i and i heard fury road was really good i just just never saw it I, and i probably need to look at it. i heard it was really good i don't think i wanted to see it. <laughs> i don't think i want to see it but i said the same damn thing i was like mad max yeah Oh, that's Mad scary, Max. Georgia. I, 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 I hope I'm dead. <laughs> I hope I'm dead. I'm serious. Because this is horrible. What we live in, this is, you know, depending on what where you live at. I mean, like I said, the it, it just was so, like I said, those philosophers with all of, you know, the nihilism, existential, and, and talking about randomness of life and meaningless of life and subjectivity versus objectivity and atheism and, you know, all this kind of stuff. It, it really bled into this movie and was poured into it. But girl, I, I, girl, first of all, I'm too fat to have my thighs and butt hanging out like the ladies in there. So I really don't hope I'm around for that. So even I kind of like those outfits, but <laughs> I'll be too old and too fat to, to wear that kind of stuff. Kind of like, do like the thigh high boots and the spikes. But yeah. Oh girl, Georgia, we said the same thing. That's scary. Well, look, I'm going to give you the last word home, home girl. I just have to say, Moya, that this movie will shock even in this day and age. I'm sure it yes. shocks people a lot. Everyone here in the year 2023, it still has the power to shock. I know. And, um, yeah. So it, 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 when you watch it, you want to be in like a little bit of a, you know, kind of like a mood where, you know, you're willing to see something truly offbeat. You don't yeah. want to see just your same old, same old. Yeah. Then. And this would be a movie if you want to see something that's just off the beaten path, right. but extreme. I mean, extremely good acting. You know, because I I was just thinking the other day, yeah, you know that Vincent Gardini character. Yes, you see him on All the Family and some yes. of these other people. They're familiar to you. Yeah, if you know like it comes, you know, and right, you'll you'll right. recognize some of these people. Yes, but uh, but then you know I was thinking, yeah, you've got such amazing powerhouse acting here. It's right. very good it's really well done but uh so i would have to say even though it's it kind of uh a bit of a downer overall yeah it's a black pill it's definitely worth it's still worth watching because it makes you think it makes you think Oh my gosh. And um Georgia, we run out of time. But Dad's diatribe, Vincent Gardenia's Mr. Nuquist diatribe towards the end of the movie. Um, when, you know, uh Elliot Gould shows up at his house at, you know, after a, a, a tragic event. I was laughing and applauding at the same time. 
uh, you know, because that is, is almost, I'm mad as hell and I'm, I'm not going to take it anymore. You know, move before that even happened. And that movie even happened network. So, um, what did you just real quick, what did you think about his diatribe, um, at the end the, when, after, you know, what happens and Elliot Gould shows up at his house and he's like, well, we need to do this and we need to do that. And, and if this happens, do you know the part I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I do. And, and, and I know I'm putting you on the spot and you didn't, you know, if it's hard to comment on, I, like I said, I was, I was laughing and applauding and cheering because it was it was so extreme, but I, I'm gonna sit up here and be honest. I've thought those same things about how do we fix this? Because the system is broken, the system is not for the little guy. And so what do we do? I you know, I don't know about you, but I do feel that us as citizens, we're on our own. You know, and yeah, we have systems in place, but what in the what what happens when those systems don't work, those systems break down? What are you gonna do? And, and then your family is affected in such a tra tragic way, you know, but that's what I meant about that. So I don't know. Do you have any opinion on that? Well, yeah, I do, Moya. I, you know, it sounds it sounds kind of crazy. But the thing is, is you think he's he, what other response could he have? He's kind of driven to this. Yes. And he wants to protect his family. And so even though it sounds kind of outrageous what he's saying, right. you understand exactly yes. how he came. You, you think, yeah, yeah, dude, I, would, I think I'd do this. Yeah, right. You know, you're kind of laughing because it's so outrageous. Right, and and the part that made me laugh is said, and anybody making under $10,000 automatically gets lobotomized. Girl, I died when he said that. He said, I'm not saying, I know it's not right. He said, but it needs to happen. And it's so funny because, again, that is, you know, that is uh, eugenics, so to speak. It's classism. But what he, you know, but I understood what he meant within yeah. the context, you know. So yeah. I thought, he uh, uh, just all alone, he should have got an Oscar or this movie should This movie should have been nominated, in my opinion, uh, for several Oscars. And if I thought it was should have been the best picture. I know it might have had a lot of competition that year. But anyway, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much again for joining us. We ran a little bit over, but we love being with you. We love talking about these movies so much. Um, Georgia, is there anything you want to say before we get out of here? Nope, that's a wrap for me. So we're going to do Marjorie Morningstar, starring Natalie Wood. Next time we're together, it's free on YouTube. Please watch with us so we can discuss it. Uh, you know, with, with you can discuss and think. How do you say? Talk amongst yourselves, um, you know, with us. Connect with us on Facebook at How Betty Davis Saved My Life and go to our YouTube page. Um, and like I said, this year, we're going to we have a lot of things in plan uh to entertain you and educate you entertain you um for our for for the new year so be looking forward to that well on behalf of miss georgia i'm moya and we want to say thank you so much little murders check it out for how better david saved my life i'm moya and this and is I'm georgia she's georgia and we are out of here guys y'all have a great time we look forward to seeing you next time